What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Levin Black. What's up, Levin? Oh, I'm ready to get into it. Another wonderful off-season week. Are you set to grumpy mode again? I wasn't until this Adam Schefter crap today. <laughs> yeah, it's it's we're back on the carousel. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, before we get it's not into a carousel, any- carousel is like a something you get on for fun. Well, yeah, I didn't say. Yeah, that's true. It's certainly not fun, but we keep going in circles. So that's the only thing I could think of. This is like the the train wreck that won't end. Every off season, the train goes off the rails, and you've got <laughs> hope your your car doesn't get that get it that bad. If you are new to the show, this is where you get the hot takes mostly from me and the cold truth mostly from the human wet blanket, Levin Black. We urge you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you leave a review, we will read it for you on the show. couple reviews tonight, Levin. First one comes from diehard 49ers fan. Four stars. A nice blend of 49ers content. Here's the review. Kind of like a magazine with specific sections devoted to certain aspects of the team. I think that's true. Shannon Plan is my personal favorite with Oh Hey There, a close second. Of the two main podcasts with Rob Stats Guerrera, an ill-fitting nickname because he doesn't really offer any stats, but mainly whiny opinions. Michelle is an A+, and we're lucky to have her. Levin's realism is just my style, too. Even though I think 49ers and 5 could get trimmed down a little, and Rob gives off some serious New England obnoxious sports fan vibe, I appreciate how hard he works to put the whole thing together. So he kind of ended on a compliment, but he clearly does not like me. I am his least favorite part of this network. Hey, how about you trend down the 49ers and five to the 49ers and 4.9? Right. Like, what? Well, it's five minutes, man. Come on. Uh, so, you know what? But I appreciate the honesty. Uh, I am a New England person. So maybe that does come through. I, I can't deny it. Um, Then we have this review from ND Niners fan, five stars. Keep the content coming. I came across your podcast via the Twitterverse. Your honest assessments of Niners players are a nice break from some of the writers out there. Jimid Lombardopolo. I also appreciate how you guys give us, uh, how you guys give hat tips to other writers and pods that also put out solid content. I enjoy the breakdowns provided by KP and Akash, Javi and Leo and Robin Levin. You guys make me a smarter fan and help me see a different side of games. Rob and Levin are my favorites, but Levin's connection to North Dakota gives him the edge. I'm a North Dakota guy in Arizona. Keep up the good work. (laughs) That makes me laugh. I think I've told you on the, so many people in North Dakota retire to Arizona because it's like the polar opposite end. You have a really, really, really dry climate in North Dakota, but it's cold as hell. You have a really, <laughs> really dry climate in Arizona, but it's hot as hell. Like literally half the people in North Dakota go, eh, I'm going to retire and I'm in Arizona. It's like the most popular vacation destination. I think you had a relative lever of you. That's what I think. I don't have relatives in North Dakota. Yeah, I know. This guy moved to Arizona. I don't have a relative in Arizona. Yeah, that's what you say. I think you're I think you're uh, bringing in ringers here for our reviews. I, I can tell you this. If I had a relative leave a review, it would certainly insult you. <laughs> that's fair. You know what? That's probably true. Anyway, like I said, you leave a review. We'll read it on the show. Good, bad or otherwise. A uh, lot to get to tonight as we record this on Wednesday night. Uh, Adam Schefter just dropped a bomb on 49ers Twitter and 49ers fans. So we'll get to that because apparently we might not be done with Jimmy Garoppolo yet. Or so says Adam Schefter. 
Um, I have a bigger picture take on sort of what we've heard about Trey Lance this offseason. And uh, Levin, you have a question about free agency. You're wondering if the Niners are going to make a big splash like they have done in previous years, free agency and trades, I should say. So we're going to get to all of that. But let's begin with the Adam Schefter stuff, because, you know, when Schefter talks, people listen. And even though I have said on this show that I don't think people should put nearly as much stock in what Adam Schefter says as people do. He's still Adam Schefter. He's still ESPN's biggest insider. So when he talks, people listen. And he was a guest on a pro football focus podcast. I believe it was the Ari Mayrov podcast of pro football focus. I hope I'm saying that right. And let me just play some of it for you now so we can, and we can respond to it. Trey Lance was probably further behind than people realized. Trey Lance is greener than people realized. Trey Lance is going to need more work than people realize, and they have a roster that can win now. And if you're San Francisco, so you just said if someone gives up a one, so maybe somebody doesn't, but let's just talk this out for a moment. And let's say somebody gives up, what would you say, a two and a four for Garoppolo? I'm, I'm just that, throwing something out there. That's the Sam Darnold trade last year. All right. Okay. It's Darnold went for a two and a four, right? And a, and a six, yeah. Okay. So let's say they get a two, four, and a six. Now you're San Francisco. Now you could say Jimmy Garoppolo is unquestionably one of the most popular and respected players in our locker room. Players love playing with him. We have him under contract this year at a very friendly $25 million cap number. And if we play with him this year and we lose him after this year, we're going to get a third round comp pick back in return. So are you better than playing this season with Jimmy while getting Trey the training that he still needs? Or are you better trading him for, let's just call it a two, four and a six. What's, what's the better alternative? You tell me. Eleven. I, I, I can't believe we're, we're here again. We're here again with Jimmy Garoppolo. How is this possible? <laughs> How is it possible? Uh, because there's an agent out there who talks to Adam Schefter. That's what this is. Like, this is bull from Adam Schefter. <laughs> he knows it. We know it. He puts it out there to do a favor because he knows it will give him a story later. You know what story he's going to probably break? The Jimmy Garoppolo trade. The Jimmy Garoppolo trade because he just did a favor to the agent. So it, it's just classic BS. And I know this didn't come from ESPN, but I can't help but tie this here. And I know you worked for ESPN for a long time. You probably have some some lukewarm feelings towards them that I don't have. But they're the Fox News of the sports world. I don't like to go political, but they put out so much fake news. First take is... Such hogwash. Those guys don't believe half of what they say. They just say stuff to get reactions and to get viewers. They are very much the entertainment part of the ESPN uh, moniker. And Schefter is at the heart of that. He puts out whatever an agent gives him so that he can actually get the breaking news later. And that's what this is. There's, this is just crap. And why, why would the agent want this? Because the market's not there, and they probably have had some offers come through for Jimmy Garoppolo, and the Niners have said not good enough. And that's the message the Niners guns gotten. So what's Jimmy Garoppolo's agent to do? He's got to drum up interest. How does he do that? Make teams think, oh, Jimmy could be kept. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, who's going to be upset about That's the thing. The only people that would be upset about Jimmy Garoppolo not getting traded are 49ers fans that want to see Trey Lance. There's no other team out there being like, man, if we don't get Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason, we're screwed. No one's going to be crying in their pillow at night because Jimmy Garoppolo is off the market. So 
that that whole thing, like it's not going to work. You cannot trick other teams into thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than he is. We see the games. They're on television. There's no hiding him. Like Kyle Shanahan tried his best and even he couldn't do it. So this posturing stuff is ridiculous. It drives me crazy. But the other side of this, Levin, is I get at least attempting to boost Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value or doing anything you can to try and boost it. I get that. Logically, that makes sense. You're trying to trade this guy. The part of it I don't get is the Trey Lance part of it. You don't have to disparage Trey Lance to boost Garoppolo's trade value, right? You don't have to say Trey's a lot greener than people realized, and he's still got a lot more development to go. Like if the 49ers are doing that, it's unnecessary. You don't have to do that to accomplish the other half of this, which is boost Jimmy's trade value. I really don't like that part of it. And I don't get that part of it from, from an analysis point of view, you know, from looking at it. did Trey Lance look not ready? Uh, to me, he looked a heck of a lot more ready than Trevor Lawrence did in his craptastic rookie year. <laughs> he looked a lot better than Zach Wilson did in his craptastic rookie year. And I would argue he looked as good or better than than Mac did in his rookie year. Mac started strong and finished craptastic. And don't forget Justin Fields. And then, yeah, there's Justin Fields, who he came on towards the end. You saw the athleticism, but his passing was very much a question mark. His ability to read a defense was very much a question mark. You saw what you would expect out of a high-quality rookie in the two starts he got. I just don't get it. Like, I, I've put it out there. He had 71 pass attempts as a rookie. Not very many. But if you take his pass attempts and give him all of the pass attempts that the Niners had last season, which isn't very much. The Niners are one of the lowest passing teams uh, in terms of rate uh, in, in the NFL. But I think it was 512 total passes were thrown by quarterbacks between Jimmy and Trey Lance. If you take his numbers per pass and prorate it, to having a full season's worth of passes, guess what? He sets the franchise record in passing yards. He has 35 <laughs> passing touchdowns to only 15 interceptions. Like, how is that bad? Like, I don't, I don't get it. it. It's based on nothing. It's really, really. And it's one thing for, like, Booger McFarlane to say, oh, I'm worried about Trey Lance. Like, uh, no one is running to Booger McFarlane for quarterback opinions, all right? Like, he knows about, like, forget it. Like, I don't care what, I will never care what he thinks about quarterbacks. I saw his work on Monday Night Football no thanks booger is not he's not a, an authority it, it is me. i will i will say this it's very odd that there's been so many national people coming out and i wouldn't say necessarily trashing but talking somewhat down about lance like when have we seen that in the past like when have we ever seen a rookie who barely got to play look pretty decent in the time that he did play get criticized or talked about this much in the offseason. I don't think we've ever seen it. We have seen rookie quarterbacks get trashed after their rookie year because they weren't doing well uh, or they weren't prepping well and that came out, all sorts of things like that, but we're not seeing it. Like, why Why isn't anybody talking about how bad Zach Wilson looked? Why isn't anybody talking about how bad Lawrence looked? Like, those should be the rookie storylines in this offseason. Right, not the guy that played 10 quarters. And the weird thing is, like, if he had played 10 quarters, if he had been the starter, right? Let's say they traded Garoppolo last year and Lance played 10 quarters this year and then got hurt for the year and didn't play again. I don't think anybody would be saying, well, he didn't look that impressive. They'd be saying, hey, we don't know about Trey Lance. He didn't play enough. But he didn't, like, 
get hurt with like a season ending injury. And so that's not the take that people have had, but even in the past, like week or two weeks, I mean, you've got Joe Montana Super Bowl week, right? Saying he talked to players and, and Trey's not ready. Then you've got Peter King on the Matt Mayoko's 49er talk podcast, praising Trey Lance saying he feels very strongly that Kyle Shanahan knows that he has a good quarterback. And it should be noted, the one person who's connected to this front office who might actually get inside information from this front office is Peter King. uh, Jay Glazer, same podcast. I've heard great stuff about Lance. They love him. They're enamored with him. He did some things in practice that make you go, oh, my goodness. So the, the Trey Lance takes are coming from everywhere. It's crazy. And you're right. Comparatively to the other rookies in the class, no one's saying anything else about those guys because I think, Levin, there's no argument there, right? Trevor Lawrence was bad. There's nothing to debate. Zach Wilson came on, like you said, at the end of the year, he looked a little better, but there's not much to debate. He's got a long way to go. Field, same thing. You would think if, if they were going to talk about any of them, they would talk about Mac Jones. Or they would talk collectively about right. how high, highly rated and talked about this quarterback class was and how much they fell on their face in the rookie year. Like, no bones about it. This rookie class was supposed to be one of the best ones in recent years and they had a collectively really bad rookie year you could argue the best rookie of the year was the guy down with the texans who barely got drafted davis mills (laughs) i mean he probably had the second best year right you would go mac jones and then probably davis mills to be honest with you if Um, you factor in coaching and all that i would argue davis mills so I just I think it's really weird that we're getting so many takes and so many different opinions, right? Like it's not all been bad on Lance. I mentioned the Glazer. I mentioned the Peter King. So it's just like it's the same guy. He played the same 10 quarters. How could there be this many different opinions on 10 quarters of football? There really aren't. One side is blowing smoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's pretty obvious what side that is. Um you can talk about like like we have who's better connected among who's talking and what seems more realistic based on what we saw on the field. It, it's it's odd. I would you know, it, it, it's to me, it reeks of you have a really large fan base that's really amped up. that was just in the national or the N- NFC title game. And you need something to draw in views right now because this is. You know, this is normally the dead period of sports, but it's especially the dead period of sports right now with Major League Baseball stuff going on. Yeah, with the lockout, there's nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing. You got to you got to make something if you're ESPN and the other sports only outlets. Couple of more things here. First of all, remember we have entered the season of lying. So especially when you hear teams themselves talk, you really have to take it with a giant grain of salt because. Free agency's coming. The draft is coming. It's all going to be lies for a huge portion because everybody's posturing. It's not meant as a criticism. They're trying to do the best that they can for their teams. But you have to know as a fan that you need to be able to parse through some of this stuff and know that, you know, not everything you hear is going to be reality. The other thing, Levin, uh, Kyle Shanahan is one of only five coaches that are not going to speak at the Combine in Indianapolis Uh, the first week of March. I thought that was interesting. I mean, Kyle never takes an opportunity to skip out on a media. He never misses an opportunity to skip out on the media, but I'm sure John Lynch will speak uh, because he loves the microphone and that's basically his only real job. What do you think Lynch uh, Lynch is going to say at the combine? Do you think we're going to get a Garoppolo update? 
You know, Lynch, he's that salesman. You know, he's a car salesman of a GM. He knows how to talk without ever really saying anything. (laughs) He knows how to, like, talk excitedly and make you think he's on your side when really he's just trying to blow smoke and get you to stop asking questions. I don't expect him to say anything other than we're excited. We think we can be a contender. You know, we got some things we need to work out and we're going to work them out. You know, that's it. The only way he says anything of any real value is if the Garoppolo trade happens. Which, I mean, if it does happen, I think it will happen at the end of the combine week because you got to give them time to talk to people and get the lay of the land. I was stunned this week when Tim Kawakami said that he thought that we were going to get a Garoppolo trade this week. He said by the end of the month, but there's only one week left in the month. So, and I kind of called, not called him out, but I called that to his attention and he immediately backed off the next day on Twitter after I did it. So that, that uh, made me feel like at least I'm not like, I, I have a somewhat of a good sense on this stuff. I feel like, and if it does happen, I think I said like, it'll be at the end of combine week, but you never know what Lynch Levin every once in a while, he like blacks out. And he'll give you like 30 seconds of complete and unvarnished truth. Right. And then he like snaps out of it and goes back into car salesman mode. Every once in a while, you get a little kernel of a, of a thought there from Lynch. So I do keep my ears open for one of those. You know what the worst possible thing he could say that actually has some chance of happening? Him saying, oh, yeah, we actually did trade up for Mac Jones originally. <laughs> that would like destroy this fan base. But it doesn't even that's matter. That's the type of things he slips up on. Yeah, I know. You know he, he talked about how he told Kyle, hey, we might want to actually look at Patrick Mahomes after seeing his pro day. And Kyle's like, nah, I'm ready to get Kirk Cousins, which didn't even end up happening. You know, like yeah. he tends to kind of slip up about draft stuff. So I could see him slipping up. Well, until that pro day where Mac looked like crap, we we're actually leaning towards Mac. So. That reminded me of something that Kyle and Akash talked about yesterday, and this will be the last thing before we hit the break, is do you think that Kyle and John have their sort of off-season plan, off-season roadmap done already? you think like they have it in place, or do you think they're still formulating it? Uh, I think they've pretty much told you at the end of the season that they do. He told you that Debo and Bo's extensions have been accounted for in the budget well you can't have your budget done for extensions without having some clue of what you're willing to spend and what you're targeting in free agency draft all those things you you can't have your budget done or at least somewhat planned for without knowing whether you're keeping a 25 million dollar quarterback or not like they know and we all know too because jimmy flat told it that's the part that drives me nuts jimmy flat said he hopes he goes to a good team. That tells you everything. He's moving. He's not staying. <laughs> and that's the, the thing. Regardless of what, what takes you here, what people say, the facts are the facts. And the facts in this case are the 49ers right now are $4 million over the cap, and they could save $25 million by getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, and they have paid handsomely for his replacement to be on the roster already. That's what really matters. One thing to watch for in that, is if I'm not mistaken, you have to be below the cap before the new league starts, which is middle of March. March 16th. So if you don't see some cuts or renegotiations happen that gets them below the cap, 
that to me points to they know they're moving Jimmy before the 16th. Like if you get a week or two into March and you haven't seen any moves, I think that makes a trade much more likely because they know they don't need to make those moves yet because they can get under with one transaction. Exactly. So we'll see. Uh, that was just the news of the day. Was Adam Schefter just dropping that little nugget in there and, and causing everybody to lose do, their do mind? Do you think when somebody like him does that, do you think he sits there afterwards with a big smirk knowing damn well what he did and he just, you know, he, he's sitting and sipping on a nice drink tonight, watching the whole firestorm that he created going, <laughs> boy, this is fun. I don't think he sits back and watches, but he's definitely aware of the power that he has. And I think he wields it in a way that you kind of mentioned earlier. Like, I'll do you a favor. You scratch my back. I'll scratch yours type of thing. Right. So I think it's possible that later on tonight, he's talking to whoever he was talking to beforehand and says, look, look what I did for you. Right. I put this out there in the water. So what do you got for me? You know, now it's time to pay up type of thing. Uh, and we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, yeah, thanks, Adam. Ian Rappaport's probably sitting at home going, dang, now I know he's going to be the one that breaks that trade. I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be stunned at all. That actually is something to keep an eye out on uh, when it actually does happen. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we were talking about the offseason plan. And you asked me a question before we started recording. Are the 49ers going to make a splash this offseason, either with a trade or a free agent? I have an answer for you, and I want to get your answer. Plus, we're going to look at some potential free agent targets for the Niners. We got a lot to do. And there's a broadcasting thing that I don't know if you saw yet, Levin. I know we love to talk broadcasters, so I'm going to sneak that in before the end of the pod as well. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is the Gold Standard Podcast. All right, Levin. Before we went to break, we were talking about the Niners offseason plan and if they are going to make a splash, either with free agency or trade this offseason. You brought the question up to me, so I want to give you the opportunity to answer it first. Do you think that they are going to, you know, swing for the fences and make a big-time move? No. Like, to me, I had that thought. Like, I've just assumed there's not going to be any big deals. And then, actually, on the way home tonight, I was listening to the Shanna plan, and the thought just popped in my head. Like, I guess that is somewhat of a bold take because every offseason under this regime, they have made some kind of big splash move i don't think you can really count jimmy garoppolo trade in the big splash moves. no one, we're not you know it's that. coming to you know to me it's not going to be splash move because you're not going to be getting that high of a pick for him um but you know they, they signed pierre garçon first off season they signed uh juice to a record deal for a fullback that first off season you had the jerick mckinnon deal then you had kwan the next year that was a record deal for a linebacker. You you had uh, the trade for D Ford and the massive contract he got. You had the trade for Trent Williams and the big technical technically an extension he got after the first season with him this past off off uh, off season. They they pretty much every off season have gone out and found somebody whether through trade or straight up free agency and given them a huge deal. I don't see it happening this year. I don't one think they have the cap space. Two, they already have all the stars they need. They don't need any stars. They need the role players. They need the middle, mid-tier starters that kind of raise you up to a true contender. You know what I mean? Like Lincoln Tomlinson might be the most expensive guy. I don't think think he's going to break $10 million. I don't think he will. And if he does, the Niners aren't going to bring him back. Like, I don't see any big moves out there. 
I hear you and what you're saying makes sense, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of get the impression from, from Shanahan and Lynch, they feel like this is the window, right? Like they feel like if there was ever a time where you would overextend yourself for a player, maybe this is it, you know, maybe, you know, you spend a little more on somebody than you normally would if you were in a building process, because you think, Hey, we'll have to kick the can down the road and pay the piper eventually. You know, the credit cards will come due, but if we have another Lombardi in the trophy case, we'll happily pay that bill. The only position I think where they would do that at is corner in my head. If JC Jackson with the Patriots, if they don't franchise him and they don't reach a, a contract agreement, I think the Niners would be willing to go 12, 15, 16 million dollars a year with him. Now, what that's going to mean is definitely a trade of Garoppolo, but also they're going to have to restructure some people for sure if they're going to make that kind of a move. But I think that this they would be willing to do that for the right player. And I don't know if it's at any other position besides corner because they they really need another corner. They don't have to get a star, but if you can get a star, I could see them doing that, especially in light of what the Rams have been doing in recent history and obviously what they did last year. I wouldn't be completely shocked if they spent some money at corner. I just don't see them doing that. I think they're going to sign some middling contract, somebody that's, you know, a, a good starter, but not a star, somebody that's not going to cause them problems down the road in terms of his contract. And I, I think they're going to do a lot of bargain shop shopping. They're going to sit around and wait because they don't really have any big, huge holes that they need to fill, you know, desperately. I, I think they will sit quite a while. And I think they're going to be one of those teams that ends up signing quite a few one-year deals with veterans they, they've kind of done that in the past and i think they're prime for it again they're a contender that somebody can sign i don't see any big shocking moves out there the only one i could possibly ever see is and and you sent me an article that mentions him to davian Clowney. like they've had supposedly there's there were rumors back in the few years ago when he was on the trade market that the niners were interested what if he's willing to come on a one or two year deal where he's basically off the books by the time Trey Lance would need his big contract? So the article, there's an article, uh, NBC Sports Bay Area. It has five potential intriguing free agents for the 49ers. Uh, I'll just read the list really quick. DJ Reed, who the Niners are familiar with. Austin Corbett, a guard. Jadevian Clowney. And this name that I think is super interesting, Gronk. And I... Don't know if they'd be able to pull it off because Gronk is, you know, he's going to be very specific in what he wants. He's going to want more situation than money at this point, I think. But I would love if they could bring in Gronk Levin because not to play him and Kittle at the same time, which would be cool for sure. Um, but more because Kittle's going to get hurt at some point this season. He's going to. He He does every year. He's going to miss time. How great would it be to be able to slide Gronk in there as the backup for Kittle. So Gronk could start like three to five games. And also when the Niners decide to go in a two tight end formation, they could run, they could pass, they could really, you know, put the defense in a bind, not knowing what they're going to be able to do because of Gronk's versatility. I don't know that he would necessarily want to do it, especially, you know, with a quarterback as inexperienced as Trey Lance, but it's warm weather. It's a team that's loaded with people. 
They're clearly in the championship window. So I think they do have a lot of things that would be attractive to Gronk. Um, but I would love to see it. You know, if he were interested, I think that would be a fascinating move for the Niners. Uh, this is not Madden. This is not a video game on the field. Yeah, sure. It's intriguing, but it's everything off the field that I say, hell no to Gronk. What do you, you mean? Don't... He's never in trouble off the field. He's never in trouble, but he's not. He has a reputation of not being a good film study guy, not being overly serious. I don't want him around a young quarterback like that. I mean, Tom Brady, he was came back later and kind of said, no, I was joking. But Gronk said he doesn't watch film. And Brady said he has to kind of send him the clips that he needs to watch before each game. Gronk doesn't. He's not, to me, he's not the type of guy I want around a young quarterback. And I also don't think he fits in that locker room because he's he's not a blue collar worker. He's not, he's just not that type. I'm not saying, you know, he goes out there and he tries to avoid getting hit. No, obviously on the field he is, but I don't think he meshes well with Kittle's mentality. I just, I don't see him as a good fit, everything off the field. I don't know. Sometimes you need that go. You can't have a bunch of grinders. Like maybe you don't remember this, but the 94 Niners were all business, all grinders. It was Jerry's team and you worked hard. You Everything was business. It was, this was a job and you had a job to do and you had to do it well. And then they got Deion Sanders, who was also a grinder, but you know, he was a work hard, play hard guy. And Dion has talked about that with us here at Niners Nation about how they needed to loosen up a little bit. They needed to have some fun and let off some of that steam. You know, sometimes with so much pressure, some guys crack. You need a, an outlet for that type of thing. Maybe that's exactly what the team needs with Gronk. I mean, who who's to say to me, it just does not read as a guy I want around Trey Lance or in that locker room. The other intriguing thing, and this wasn't in the article, but it's something that Kyle and Akash mentioned that I loved when they mentioned it. Jarvis Landry at wide receiver, if he gets cut by the Browns, that to me would be the home run of home runs of the offseason. Because you talk about a guy that fits into the Niners mentality. It's him. Like the, the, He is exactly the type of guy you want around Debo and you want around Ayuk. Because he is a culture changer. He's a culture you know, spreader and he will send the right message. Like, Hey, you have to work hard. We're here to work. Everybody remembers that rant he went on when the Browns were on hard knocks. And he was talking about how losing and complacency is contagious. It's contagious, man. He said it like 50 times. He would fit in perfectly in the locker room. Yeah. It all depends on what his main motivation is. He has gotten his big payday already. So if he's willing to go to a contender, to actually try to be on a winning team for once, then the Niners, I think, would be highly attractive. And I think, you know, his buddy Odell would probably give a pretty good assessment of, yeah, the West Coast is great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get Kyle Shanahan and all that. But it, it would take him not wanting to take the highest paying deal. Because yes. I think he could probably still get $12, 15000000 $15 a year. I agree. Uh, he and would I have don't to think the less. Niners going to. Yeah, I, I, I think if, if he's saying, you know, give me eight, nine, maybe even 10 million on a one, two year deal, maybe you consider it. But to me, they don't have the cap space to, to have a luxury like that. They don't need him. Obviously, he would take them into a different stratosphere, but I also don't see him 
see spending that amount of money at wide receiver when you already have two really good ones fitting into Kyle's strategy. Kyle does not pass a ton. I think if you get somebody like Landry and you have three dominant receivers like that and you have Kittle as a tight end, you got to be a pass-happy team. And that's just not Kyle. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know how the offense is going to change with Lance, but I I agree with you. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to be chucking around the yard, especially not in year one as uh, with him as the starter, for sure. Um, you mentioned Clowney. To me, that would be all about the number. I'd have to see the number on that deal um, because he's old. He's usually hurt. He can take over a game, as we saw in Monday Night Football against the 49ers. Joe Staley mentioned it with us, the game that Jadavian Clowney destroyed him. Um, but at this point, I'm not really going to pay a ton for Jadavian Clowney to come. I don't think they should pay a ton for any any defensive lineman. If DJ Jones can go get the nine, ten million some people are throwing out there a year, you got to let him walk. Like they got so much depth there, and they've proven to have an ability of picking up uh, people who didn't quite make it on their first yep. teams and turning them into very good quality players. Arden Key. You know, being the main one from this past year, to me, they don't need to spend big money on defensive line other than an extension to Bosa. I agree with you. Chris Kacarek has done an incredible job of taking guys who make no headlines when they sign them and end up making headlines at the end of the season with their strong play. So I agree with you there. Uh, the last thing you mentioned it to me before we started, but I didn't. I forgot to mention it when we were talking Garoppolo. So I want to get it in. You said. You asked me what was my kind of drop dead deal point for Jimmy. Right. And if they get an offer on the table tomorrow that is at this, you pull the trigger. To me, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, fourth round pick, great. Take it. For two reasons. One, this isn't like the Seahawks trading Russell Wilson, right? The Seahawks trade Russell Wilson. They don't have anybody at quarterback. Right. So it matters, obviously, what they get back. The Niners already have Trey Lance. The benefit to trading Jimmy Garoppolo is you you don't split the locker room anymore with the Jimmy guys and the Trey guys, and you clear the cap space. So get what you can get, but the important, the more important thing is to make the actual deal. And and it also, Levin, it doesn't really matter. Like we're really going to hold things up for a sixth round pick versus a fifth round pick or a fifth versus a fourth. Ultimately, that doesn't matter. It matters if Trey Lance is good and it matters what you do with those picks, right? Like if you trade for a seventh round pick, but that seventh rounder becomes a Hall of Famer, guess what? You won the deal. So don't get hung up so much on the picks and like winning the trade, so to speak. You win just by making the trade. Getting anything back for Jimmy Garoppolo is a bonus because you don't want him anyway. I look at it this way. He's been on the market for two years. <laughs> That's true. Whatever offers you got are the offers you're getting. They already called your bluff this past off season. Like whatever the offers are, they're not going to go up in any kind of significant manner. Maybe you get really lucky where a team was planning on something else happening and it didn't happen. And they go, okay, instead of a fourth, we'll give you a third. It's not worth waiting around for this. For my own sanity. I want him <laughs> gone tomorrow. and. I will say this, when he is traded, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan better be doing a press conference where they say Trey Lance is the starter, he's the future, and he's the present. Like, I want them to come out and say, this is his team. We're done. You know, just end all this crap stories going on where Trey Lance might not be good enough. Have them come out and have their back 
or have the back of Trey Lance like they've had the back of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like if they don't do that, I'm going to be really pissed off because that has been their MO. They have always had the back of their quarterback. I mean, look at what Kyle used to say about Blaine Gabbert or not Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> he's on Brian my mind because he's in the news. Uh, no, CJ Beathard, you know, oh. he used to talk about CJ Beathard. So to me, they better, they better do that once Jimmy moves. I don't expect Jimmy to move. Like I could see him being traded basically anytime between now and free agency. My problem will be is if free agency starts and they still have Jimmy on the books and they're going to be limited on what they can do with free agents. And they're going to have to be negotiating with free agents saying, Hey, we will definitely be trading Jimmy. So here's the offer. You just can't sign it yet. That to me would be a big red flag that this regime just doesn't get what they need to do. Yeah, look, they got to trade him. I'm going to be 100% honest. Like, I need a vacation. I need a week off. I just, it was a long season, but I can't take a week off if Jimmy Garoppolo is not on the roster because that is a drop everything emergency podcast, stream it to YouTube, stream it on Twitter. You know, like that is an all hands on deck kind of a day. So they need to get that done sooner rather than later. So I could take a week off. I need a breather. But I agree with you just from a from a flexibility standpoint, you have to clear the money off the books. You can't you're frozen. You're paralyzed until you can make a deal because you don't have any money. So I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I would say between the start of the combine, March 1st and the new league year, March 16th, in those 16 days, I think that's when Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get traded. Uh, and and we can just all move on. We can all because of free agency in the new league year and it becoming you can't be over the cap anymore. You can't sit around and wait for draft time and think you're gonna you know maximize his value once the draft happens and some team misses out on a quarterback and ends up trading you for for Jimmy. Like they just can't do that. The value the value of getting a slightly higher pick does not outweigh the value of actually being able to sign some free agents. Including, by the way, a backup quarterback. <laughs> See, you got to get somebody to back up Trey Lance. So that is my stance on that. Uh, we will see. We are in trade watch mode. And like I said, I think it's going to happen in the 16 days between the start of the combine and the new league year. Last thing before we go, Levin, it looks like at the time we are recording this, that Troy Aikman is in deep negotiations with ESPN, according to the New York Post. And he is going to jump ship from Fox to Monday Night Football. That's a huge get for ESPN. It is. Um, it will be very interesting to see what Fox does in response because ESPN's had a hard time filling that role. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be very interesting to see if they pony up for somebody or if they just bring somebody in new because, I mean, Troy Aikman wasn't a known broadcaster when he kind of took over that gig for Fox, but he ended up being pretty good. I think I think anytime when you are like a key every single week broadcaster, you're going to get shit on because you have to talk every single week. You're you are uh, in front of national viewers every single week. So that's why Chris Collinsworth is crapped on so much. That's why Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, you know, except for the immortal Al Michaels, they've all been crapped on. I mean, when John Madden was announcing, a lot of people laughed at him. It became something that we all missed, but towards the end of his career, people used to talk about how he has so many idioms that just don't make any sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that kind of became his shtick, and we all love him for it, but he got crap. He got a lot of 
crap too when he was actually announcing. Right. So I don't think Aikman is as bad as a lot of people say. Um, but yeah, it's, it that would be a very, very big deal. And to me, that would be as big of a story as you can get for broadcasting news. 100%. And uh, supposedly his deal is going to approach similar numbers to Tony Romo, which I think is like 10 years, $180 million, something like that, which is probably honestly more than Aikman made in his career. That's what I was going to say. It's, it would have to be more per year than Aikman ever made playing because it's close. I mean, the mm, I don't think just... quarter, I don't think quarterbacks are making nearly that much. Yeah. He so retired. that's why 20, mil, 20 million was only like 10 years ago. True. That's broke. a good point. Yeah. Uh, that would be a huge get for ESPN. The, the crazy thing is it will not change my viewing habits in any way. Like I'm not going to rush to watch Monday night football more than I normally would. Now that Troy Aikman's on it. We watch Monday Night Football every time, anyways. Right. The only the only thing, and this just popped in my head, it, it might become a Niners news story because who's gonna get kicked around as oh, does Fox go for him? Oh, John Lynch. You're saying they want to bring John Lynch back to the booth. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I would think he would probably at least get a phone call. He's admitted offers were already made. So what if what if they offer him, you know, 12, 13 million a year? If I were Lynch, I would if take I it. was Lynch, I would be jumping at that. I, mean, I would take it. You can do that job for 20 years. Well, not only that, but it's such an easier job. Which isn't <laughs> to say it's as easy as you think. Because I have done, I, you know, I came, what I actually went to school for, I wanted to be an announcer. And I did a lot of games. I did Me a, too. a lot of basketball. Um, and it's not as easy as people think. Oh, it's freaking hard. It's crazy hard. To me, I always said announcing games especially as the color commentator it's easy to be satisfactory like if you're just good at talking you can be satisfactory because a lot of it is filling dead air it's really 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 hard to be really good at it and the guys that are really good at it spend a lot of time prepping a lot more time than people think you know i i remember I went to this front office thing for the Pacers when I was in college. It's actually how I ended up getting an internship with them. And one of the guys we got to meet with was the boom baby, you know, the, the, their color commentator for so many years. And he, his whole talk for an hour to us was about what he does to get prepared for games. And he showed us, he had this card. It was like a longer, bigger card. And it had the tiniest of writing and what it was, was things that he researched himself about every single player and coach that was in, he did it for every single game, which in basketball is, you know, a lot every single week. 82 games. And he had all kinds of little factoids, all kinds of like interesting statistics that he computed himself that, you know, isn't just, oh, they're scoring this many points per game. That's what I mean by like, it's really hard and it takes a lot of prep to be really, really good at that job. Whereas you can be decent by just knowing how many points they score a game. Yeah, I remember in college, I that's what I wanted to do also. I did play-by-play. -play. I was the analyst. Women's volleyball. Oh, man. It was so hard to do play-by-play -play because, first of all, so fast. it's so fast. And then they, all the players rotate. So you're like, just yeah. when you get the hang of who's who, the people rotate. And you're like, damn it. I, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what's going on out there. I'll never forget how difficult it was. It was so much easier doing the baseball game. I actually traveled with the team. Quinnipiac went to the NCAA tournament, so they got to go down to Texas, and they played in, at, in the Longhorn Stadium there, and uh, it was an amazing trip.
They actually they got their doors blown off by that Texas team that actually had a couple of major leaguers on it. But uh, that was super fun. I always wanted to do that job. And uh, I don't know how I ended up not doing it. I got the internship at ESPN, and then that, I got knocked sort of into a different life. But that's always what I wanted to do was play-by-play. Anyway, we're on Jimmy Garoppolo Watch. <laughs> Enjoy your day, everybody. We'll be back next week. Again, rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. And uh, we will talk to you next week, hopefully when Jimmy Garoppolo is off the team.